This podcast contains material that some listeners may find objectionable. It may contain graphic descriptions of atrocities committed during the 1937 Nanking Massacre in China. Welcome back to the wartime diaries of Mini Votrin and Sen Shui Fan. In this episode, the refugees at Jinling begin to consider post-war life, returning home, dealing with food shortages, and reckoning with the loss of husbands and sons. Sickness sweeps through the campus, and Mrs. Sen, exhausted from overworking, falls briefly ill. We begin with Minnie Votrin's diary. Tuesday, January 11th, 1938. You cannot quite understand how grateful we are for these nights of peace. When we can properly prepare for a night of rest and feel reasonably sure all will be well on the campus for our large group of women refugees. For the last few nights, we have had a guard of five newly appointed military police And before that, for eight nights, we had our Japanese embassy police each night at the gatehouse. Our regular night watchman, supplemented by our two former police, now in civilian clothes, whom we have turned into night watchmen, keep watch on the campus. Before that, four or five nights, we had a large group of ordinary soldiers for guards, about 25 men. And they worried us not a little. For in spite of all we could do, they insisted on guarding the inside of the campus, as well as the outside. The first night they were with us, two of our refugees were raped, and it was soon after that that we secured embassy police. There were only 17 military police for the whole city. Had there been more, conditions would have been much better, for they seemed like a much higher grade of military men. A few that I have met seem unusually fine. From 9 to 12 this morning, F. Chen and I were down at the headquarters of the International Committee. For the first time, all heads of refugee camps were called together. It was an excellent meeting. Mr. Raba was with us at first and expressed his deep appreciation of work done by the persons responsible for the various camps. About 20 camps, I should say. Our difficult problems were shared and discussed. As usual, Jin Ling's problems are much simpler than those in the campus, where they have both men and women. Bad men in those camps, opium smokers, gamblers, etc., create many problems. At 3 p.m., took a package of letters over to our embassy. I finally persuaded Mrs. Sen to write a letter to Mrs. New. She has not felt like writing one before. From four to five, I was in my office and many women came in, imploring me to help them find their husbands. In some cases, they have been gone for weeks, since December 14th, in fact. It is too cruel to tell them I think their husbands will never return, but that is true of many of the younger men who were taken. They were shot during those terrible first days. This evening after supper, I went to the gate with Mr. Wang to talk with our guard. We feel it is wiser to get the name of the head of the group 
and to let them know we feel responsible for order inside the campus. The sky to the northeast is all aglow, another house being burned. After that, I went with Mrs. Shuei to take the census in the arts building. In my original estimate, I assigned about 490 to that building, and some people thought I was crowding them. At our peak, I'm sure there were 2,000 in one building. Now the same day from Sen's diary. Another child died of strep throat. Fortunately, no one in other rooms contracted the disease, except the brother and sister. This afternoon, I was deadly busy with the dad and the newborn. I had to get a coffin for the dead and deliver the one to be born. As a matter of fact, I found out that there are still some people in the dead child's family here. So I refused to get a coffin for him. And later, the family members carried a coffin to the campus. As to delivering the baby, I found a midwife to attend the woman giving birth. In the afternoon, the members of International Committee joined in the meeting by Self-Ruling Committee to discuss a promise about ordering the refugees to return home. Some of them have no place or house to return to. As to those who had returned, the Japanese soldiers went to their homes to search for girls and forced the men to labor for them. Who would dare to return home? The Japanese military district is in the city, not outside of it, and the Chinese people have no freedom to walk around. The self-ruling committee wanted to discuss with the Japanese enlarging the refugee section and allowing the refugees to pitch tents in the safety zone. Now, there are already quite a few tents pitched. Many peddlers on Shanghai Road have pitched tents. Some looked as if they are building houses. There were so many people there that the road is simply impassable, and also the tents made the road much narrower. If people come back here now, they will not be able to recognize it. Now, so many people are unemployed, and they just wander around on the street. If people have no food to eat for a long time, they will become cannibals. The Japanese soldiers rob the Chinese people's rice and flour to sell for money. Also, they demand the Chinese people to buy food from them. Buy their military tickets first, and then use the tickets to buy flour. Their tricks are plenty. It is cheaper to buy flour with a gray-colored military tickets. People are greedy to make money and buy flour from the Japanese. So many of them fight and grab each other for the chance to buy the flour, and some of them are beaten by the Japanese soldiers. The Japanese like to sell flour to young girls. Some of them buy cheaper flour and sell it much higher. So young girls often dress up and go to buy flour from the Japanese. Many people sell tobacco and cocaine. There are quite a few Chinese consumers. What future will the Chinese have?
January 12th, from the Diary of Minnie Votrin. It is much colder and we are afraid it will snow. We want to get the night soil cleaned from behind the buildings if at all possible, for the snow would but scatter it. Unfortunately, we cannot get lime anywhere, so we do not have that as a disinfectant. It has been impossible to get all the women to empty their toilet buckets in the holes we have dug for this purpose. Since the rice is being served twice each day outside of the campus, and since registration has stopped, the college servants have a little more time for cleaning. This morning about 7 a.m., I saw what looked like nine Chinese planes flying toward Chunyang. From 10 to 12, Mr. Wang spent in the guest room in Arts Building, taking down data from women whose husbands or sons are still missing. This afternoon, I sent this data over to Mr. Fukuda. Let us hope he will be able to do something. The number of people asking for the red tickets which permit free rice is increasing, partly because people have used up the money they had and partly because poor people are coming in. A large number are also asking for bedding. This afternoon, Mr. Wang, Mr. Dao, Mr. Xia, Mr. Chan and I went over to the temple north of the American school to see if we could get some rice for their use and for college use. We could get the rice, but had no way to get it transported. Down the crowded Shanghai Road, we saw scores of vendors at side of road selling looted materials. Clothing, bedding, cloth, dishes of all kinds, vases, brassware, etc. And we also saw men carrying wood to use as fuel, part of good wooden beds, window frames, doors, furniture. All the lawless elements are at work, and there is no restraint. Naturally, the Chinese police, the few that are left, have no power, and the few Japanese military police cannot restrain their own soldiers, much less the Lao Beixing populace. Many people are going back to their homes from the safety zone, even before it is safe. For that is the only way to save the framework of their houses, and doors, and windows, and floors. Mrs. Sen, F. Chen, and Mary Twinham are laid up with colds today. Everyone has worked too hard and the strain has been terrific. George Fitch and Lewis Smith called this evening to bring me some butter. From the manager of the Met Hotel, which is now a Japanese headquarters of military police. It is none too fresh, but it is butter. This evening, when Mr. Wang and I went to get acquainted with our new guard of four, we found them very intelligent and friendly. The sergeant is a graduate of a middle school each evening, we make a point of getting the name of the head of the group, 
I think all will be peaceful tonight. I still keep my fountain pen in my toothbrush holder instead of in my table drawer. Now Sen's diary of the same day. Quite a few older refugees returned home. The younger ones who have returned home came back to the campus again. I do not have a definite number. Few people want to handle business here. Nor do Chang Feirong and Mr. Li want to work hard. I have no idea if they are too disappointed with the situation here to do anything. This winter is not very cold. It only snowed once, not too heavily, but it melted immediately. Today is cloudy, very windy and cold. I'm afraid that it's going to snow. So many people here have colds with coughing. Only a few physicians are at the Drum Tower Hospital. There are not many patients there. Most of us have colds and are coughing. When spring arrives, more people will become sick. If it snows, vegetables and food will be more expensive. Now we do not serve rice porridge to the refugees inside the campus. They need to get it from outside of the campus gate, and the order is improving a little bit. It is more convenient for the Red Cross workers to run the rice kitchen and make money. For those refugees who have money, they pay for the rice porridge from their own pockets. For those who do not, they are given a red slip attached to them and are given free food by the servers. All have gone through investigation to determine if they are indeed poor. Yet some of them are not genuinely poor. Last time, we received three goats. One was eaten by the sick workers, and we only ate one, because a worker at the rice kitchen claimed that the goats were given to them. We let them eat the third one. On January thirteenth and fourteenth, Sen was sick and made no entries in her diary. We finish then with Votrin's diary of Thursday, January thirteenth, nineteen thirty-eight. A month ago today, the city was entered. Some progress made: looting and burning less, slightly more sense of security, only a few soldiers, especially in safety zone. Raping of women practically stopped in the zone. Outside, we only hear talks and do not know facts. Looting going on, not only by soldiers, but also by civilians. Spent goodly part of the morning trying to work out problem of five young women, short course nurses who came to us for shelter and protection. Did not feel we could take them all. Endanger them as well as other refugees. Selected five camps, including our own, and let them draw lots. Later, wrote letters of introduction for them and sent a servant with them. Wu Wei, our messenger boy, 
since his bitter experience, is afraid to go outside our gate. This afternoon spent almost four hours trying to get rice delivered to the college, finally succeeded in getting in 12 bags. The International Committee has given over the handling of it to our autonomous government, and they are having all sorts of difficulties. They have had their sales depot over near Hillcrest, but now will be forced to move it out of the safety zone. Why, we do not know. They are now getting their rice from the Japanese, former Chinese military rice. Heard Mr. Riggs say that today he went to seven coal shops and there is no coal to be had. Fuel is a growing problem. Houses and furniture will increasingly be used for fuel, unless somehow it can be brought in from outside. Food that will keep people well is also a problem. Particularly, no green vegetables left anywhere in the countryside. With 70,000 soldiers living off the land, for a time, there are few or no chickens, pigs, or cows left. Donkeys are being killed for meat, and horses also. Someone saw horse meat for sale today. An effort is being made to get beans, peanuts, and green things from Shanghai. Mary, Mrs. Sen, and Blanche still in bed with colds, and Mr. Chen up but not out. Two hundred attended Miss Lowe's meeting for women this afternoon. The fact that there was to be a meeting was kept very quiet. Wish there was a good person here who could give whole time to this work. On the next episode, Jinling continues its transition into peacetime, and Minnie continues to work on the supply of food. With Sen still sick in bed, we return to the history of Jinling College in the years before the war, when persisting amid unrest in China prepared the school and its leaders for the trials to come. Thanks for listening.